0: Hello and welcome to the Shmuel Tenenhouse podcast My name is Shmuel Tenenhouse and this is my podcast I will not go into great detail as to why there hasn't been a podcast for a little while but it has everything to do with the fact that I was in the country and people just do not uh, make podcasts in the country because it's the country. Also, writers have been on strike and this is my way of showing uh, solidarity. I did try to record a podcast from my phone and it sounded awful, so I did not do it. And I know people are thinking and saying, well, all your podcasts sound terrible and awful. Why do you do that? That is a very fair fair question. So uh, I had the opportunity and the pleasure of spending a couple of weeks upstate New York in the country, as is evident from everything I've been saying thus now and the previous song that I put on. And I picked up a lot of wisdom and had many observations there, all of which I'm looking forward to sharing with you on this fantastic podcast. So first of all, Uh, One of the things that I loved about spending time in a bungalow colony must be my favorite is, yeah, the kids have a good time and the parents, you know, they just say they're there because the kids are having a good time, even though maybe they're not having a good time. But my favorite thing there was that you just take your garbage and throw it right off the bungalow. And then somebody on a magical golf cart will come and pick it up. Now, if life were so easy in the city, I, I don't even think people would go to the country. But just just think about the opportunity of walking to your porch and taking a, a bag of garbage. It doesn't even have to be tied. It could be opened. And just throwing it on the ground, that's amazing. Another thing that happened to me in the country is we were having a meal and this was happening Erev Shabbos, because people have a meal there, Erev Shabbos, kind of like a Bain, but this is even before the Bain, a pre-Bain. And uh, our group, uh, including my family, there was an intense conversation going on during the meal, and the topic of conversation was, what are we going to be eating at the next meal? And that is a very special thing, because... Uh, The opportunity to speak about the next meal when you have food in your mouth is a really Jewish and from way of life. Uh, Now, one of the amazing things about being upstate is that there is an entire economy there that crops up just in the summer because that's when all the people are there and there are different services that are rendered, and there are merchants, and there was one particular bungalow that was having a sale on thichels, and that is a combined set of a tichel and a thong that match. It's meant for indoors, obviously, but Again, that's not something that you could do in the city is partake in a thechel Another thing I enjoyed being in a commune is the fact that normally I get triggered whenever a package is delivered to my home, particularly if there are multiple packages multiple times during the day, because that involves a debit from whatever accounts we have available. But in the country, there's a communal pain for packages because you get to see everybody's packages coming all the time. And you realize it's not just me and my family who are getting packages. Everybody's getting packages and everybody wants their packages right away. Now, a painful incident occurred to me that uh, because this podcast is my one of my forms of therapy, I must share. So there was a point in time where there was a conversation going on in the kitchen. And the conversation was uh, all 100% pure gossip about somebody else. And I was on the front porch or on the back porch because in the country, sometimes it could be the front porch, which turns into the back porch, or the back porch will sometimes turn into the front porch. So I'm there on the porch, and there are people that are wantonly engaging in gossip. And I and I came in and I said, hey, listen, you know, this is not Avat Yisrael, this is not an expression of brotherly love because... I too would like to be participating in this gossip conversation. I have juicy tidbits to add about the person that you're speaking about. And now you've excluded me by not inviting me in to malign somebody all together. Now, a question that I want to ask you all is Have you ever been in a situation, can you relate to this, where? You are staying, let's say, at your in-law's uh, bungalow, and you're there with your whole family and your entourage, and you're not paying, not even the utility bills. And every once in a while, you'll do a little grocery shopping just to make as if you are contributing to, to, the, to the greater good, even though it's, it's minuscule compared to the, the overall expenses, and then at some point in time, the host or hostess will say, hey, can you, can you help or do this one particular task? And all of a sudden, you flare into a rage because you're thinking, wait a second, I, I don't want to lift a finger. I just want to be waited on and fed and get all that free shelter and food, but I, I don't want to do anything don't want to reciprocate or express my gratitude, just here basically to be a leech off of you and your possessions. Now, one thing that I did discover when you are upstate in the bungalow colonies is that sometimes it seems like there is a run on the banks because The line for the ATM is like 20, 30 people deep. So the first time I pass by Chase and you see this long line, I'm like, is Chase going out of business? Are they liquidating all deposits? Because there is a massive line and everybody is taking out cash or putting cash into the machine. Which reminds me that there is the famous movie series, Ocean's Eleven. Oceans 12 and Oceans 13 and 14 and 15 and 16. But it, I, I read somewhere online now that they will be doing another sequel, and all the actors in the movie have a reunion and they decide to make a heist on the Rita's in upstate New York because that thing has more cash in it than I think any institution in the world because there's always people and buses outside of Rita's and the orders are coming fast and furious. There's also a grocery store there that I discovered called Mountain Food. And all I could remember are two things from the store. Number one, people are buying food so quickly that the people that are stocking the shelves, the stockers, As they're emptying the box of new goods and items onto the shelf, they don't those items don't even make it to the shelf when a firm person comes by and scoops it right into their shopping cart. And it is truly a tremendous thing to witness, even though you it won't be visible to the naked eye, the speed that You know, groceries are being unpacked onto the shelf, and then somebody will come by and whisk it right away. You'll have to record that and watch it on slow motion uh, many, many times to be able to see what actually happens uh, to the naked eye. I also noticed there was a sushi station, of course, because no kosher grocery store or really no Jewish institution is complete without a few people rolling sushi. And the whole world, they have this idea of a BOGO, buy one, get one. But when you're upstate New York in the From community, everybody at a minimum is buying a lot of sushi. Nobody ever buys. I don't think anybody in the history of the world ever bought one roll of sushi. So they have buy two, get the third one free. And I don't even know what that's, what that's referred to because you have a BOGO and there's b bu- 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 Buy two, get one free. Um, And that is something that I never saw except in upstate New York. Now, when we were deplaning in Florida, we had a bag, a duffel bag pretty much of sandwiches, which I knew from the get-go were not going to get eaten because I was the one prepping the sandwiches. And so we had our tuna, our cream cheese, our white fish, our peanut butter and jelly. And as we are getting disembarking from the airplane, my wife turns to me and says, what should we feed everyone for dinner? And for me, that was a very obvious answer, which I supplied. And I said, for dinner we have this entire bag of sandwiches that nobody ate which is great terrific sustenance because there's a starch with the bread and now there's a protein in the middle and how convenient is it we can pull into our driveway and eat those sandwiches and my wife gave me a lethal look and she said we're not eating sandwiches for dinner And we're going to throw those sandwiches out. At that point, uh, I pretty much said, if uh, those sandwiches get thrown out, uh, a war will happen uh, between us because I will fight to the end to preserve these sandwiches. Even though we're not eating them for dinner, I could eat them for lunch the next couple of days and grumble about it that I'm the only person who eats the sandwiches, but they ain't getting thrown out. I'll put them in the safe if I have to hide them to keep them safe. Now uh, one other thing uh, to mention is that uh, I am very happy and glad to announce that we got ourselves a wet sauna Uh, and basically it's in the outside of our house in Florida. Basically, all you have to do is open the door to the back of our house and walk outside, and we have a massive wet sauna just uh, just from the uh, climate here. And this summer has been a very, very hot summer. And I feel very sad. My condolences to a particular climate change change denier here who was in Florida, not from our community, not Jewish, but he was, uh, he was uh, denying climate change and he passed away this summer outdoors from a heat stroke. And there was another group of people that were out protesting and saying that climate change is not real and apparently they were found the next day they had melted to the sidewalk, which is... A very very sad thing to happen to somebody, and I would just say that if you are also anti climate change and you think that global warming is not real, I would suggest wait until it feels like it's 105 degrees outside in Florida with humidity, uh, with humidity, and by the way, uh, there is a lot of humility when there is uh, humidity, but when it's that that humid, I would suggest you go outside, and that would be a great time to hold an outdoor protest that uh, global warming is not real. And I would be remiss not to quote my dear mom, who says that the heat is actually more than just a symptom or not a symptom of global warming. Rather, it is an indication that Mashiach is on the way because it says when Mashiach will come, God will remove the sun from its sheath, from its cover. And that is what we are feeling here today. A positive spin on the heat and the warmth outside. So another very important topic, and this is what we have referred to previously on the Shmuel Tannas podcast of YKYFW, You Know You're From When. Also, This segment can be called Fing Logistics. And Fing Logistics is really effing logistics, but then because maybe once in a while some families will play this in the car, the kids won't know what Fing Logistics is. But I just explained it to you what it is. And that is, you know you're from when your family and your belongings that you travel with outgrow the minivan, meaning the minivan is meant to be the catch-all. Like if you go to a rental place and your stuff and your family cannot fit into any other vehicle, they say, you know what? We have a, a minivan in the back. We're going to put you in. But for a Frum family, the minivan literally is like an appetizer because maybe you'll put a couple of hat boxes in the minivan, uh, a, a shaito there. You could put the crib, a nursing pillow but that, that ain't going to fit everybody. So that is an experience that I had this summer where it was Fing Logistics. And again, the minivan was very small, could not contain anybody. I, I think at some point in time, the companies, the automobile companies that make minivans, if they ever want to target the from community, they should show a commercial about a family buying two minivans at the same time so one can fit the luggage and the other one can fit them kinderlach. So, I want to really encourage brotherhood. I have brothers. It was my decision to have brothers, but I love my brothers. One of my brothers listened to a, a podcast of mine, and he had the following feedback and uh you know, This is what he told me. He said, listen, your content is great, but I think you ought to listen to Bill Burr, his podcast, and get some tips from him. And that is a big compliment for me because Bill, Boer, Bill Burr is the GOAT uh, in terms of comedians. And that is equivalent to your kid coming home and say, hey, Dad, I learned how to make a new layup When playing basketball and the father says, hey, kid, not too bad, but you ought to go on YouTube and watch some Michael Jordan replays because he is much better than you and you have uh, no chance of ever reaching that level of success. So this is not a self-help podcast, even though whenever possible, I try to inject uh, whatever self-help book f- I'm reading. And of course, I'm reading multiple self-help books uh, at, at, at the present moment. One particular book that I'm reading now, a title is uh, we- How to Wean Yourself Off of Self-Help Books. But I do want to share something personal that is going on in my life, and it is a change I have made for the positive. Well, it's only been a couple of weeks, and that is rather than having a mindset all the time of endless doom and gloom and a negative feedback loop, which I think is innate to many of us. For the last three plus weeks, I have refrained from reading any news or visiting any news website. And because, as you know, the way these websites thrive, the business model, is by uh, tapping into our fight or flight. And when you start reading it, there's never any good news. And it really has no impact on my life whatsoever, what's going on in the news, except for uh, sometimes putting me in a foul mood. I don't even realize sometimes 45 minutes could go by. I'm like, okay, I read the news and there was now 15 consecutive headlines were all negative and then i refreshed the page three minutes later and things were getting even worse so now i just uh, don't read the news it's not the first time doing this i did this in seattle many years ago and somebody there had asked me uh you read the news and i said i do not and this person said well how do you uh how do you function in case, you know, what are you going to do in case there's a, a nuclear war? How are you going to know about it? And I said, here, do me a favor. You seem like a very nice person. Here's my phone number. And if, if there ever is, God forbid, a nuclear attack, do me a favor. I know you're going to be packing and running or whatever you're going to be doing. Take two seconds, send me a text, and I'll know what to do. And fortunately, there was no nuclear attack, so I had no reason to actually read the news. Now, I am a little concerned because uh, it might prevent me from making some timely jokes about what's going on in the news, but for right now, I am enjoying uh, my little tent of no news, and no news is literally great news, and the truth is that even though I'm not reading the news, and it's been a couple of weeks that I've been news-free, I can say that There are certain things that are happening. I don't even have to read the news to know that it's happening. So, for example, I didn't read the news for three and a half weeks, but I can tell you that since I've read the news, there's been three or four new Trump indictments. I also know that there's been another five or six Hunter Biden whistleblowers that have come to the surface. And the latest whistleblower actually had a actual whistle in his pocket and he was whistling Dixie because he is a whistleblower but this whistleblower actually had a whistle and there are many other news things that are happening people fighting with each other on an airplane stocks going up stocks going down China this China that there's a war in Ukraine and uh, there you have for this no news news segment. I also had an idea during the summer to, they have a, for parents, uh, they have this concept called a baby cam where you can hear the baby crying or you can see the baby crying. So basically, if you're in a different room in the house and you're not triggered enough by your baby crying, you get to hear the baby crying two times, one on the monitor and one in real life. So it exaggerates all the stress that you're going through, a very helpful thing. And so I was thinking uh, of an invention for, I would think, a religious Jewish community, but maybe it would apply to other communities as well. So everybody knows essential to a Jewish home is having a second fridge, a second freezer, and this would be called a freezer cam. So what this is is, imagine you have food anxiety. Maybe it's not so much of an imagination. Maybe it's legit. You have food anxiety. I don't know because your grandparents were in in, in the Holocaust and thousands of years ago, they would travel through the desert and they had to rely on money and they weren't sure it was going to come every day and then they were in Egypt. It it, it goes on. The the trauma goes on for many generations. Now, so you have now a second or third freezer packed with you know, meat and steak and frozen pizza and bagel pizza and bagels. But the thing is, is that it's in your freezer, but if you're around town and in a grocery store and in your car and all of a sudden you start having an anxiety attack, wait a second, do I have enough food? What am I going to do? Normally what you'll do is you just continue shopping. But the problem is that may not take the anxiety away. So the idea of a freezer cam is, it's set up with a security company. At any point in time, you can view a camera on the frozen meat in your freezer. So you're like, oh my gosh, we have no food in our house. And they say, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me tune into my freezer cam to see what is there. And yes, this could be include a fridge cam, a freezer cam, a pantry cam to see how many things of pasta and tuna that you have. And this potentially is a way, I would think, to cure... A lot of uh, people who are ill at ease, who have paranoia that the food is running out. So don't like to uh, toot my own horn, uh, particularly when I am sleeping. It's different a little when I'm when I'm awake. But a couple of weeks ago, my dear sister, who has, you know me Ma- she's not a man, but she has manned my and set up my social media account on Instagram and taken have videos and, and has placed it there. So at some point in time I merited that Rabbi Manus Frieden, and this is the most famous and influential rabbi on YouTube, forget about the world, this is on YouTube. So he included a podcast clip of mine in his Instagram story. Now, for him, that was just a small inclusion for whoever's running a social media. But for me, uh, that has been a very trippy experience. And it has created consequences all throughout my life. So for example, my wife since then has asked me multiple times to assist with a household chore. And I say, are you kidding me? you want me to help with this menial task why my podcast has been in rabbi Manis friedman's instagram story he is an expert on shalom bias on marital peace and uh, uh, marital homes and homes with marriages and real estate and he's an expert so I don't think that somebody at this point of my stature should be contributing at this point to the household, which over the summer I saw a very non-disturbing trend, and that is that kids, it's going on for a while now, when they're on YouTube, what they're watching is another kid playing a video game. So basically, they'll go onto YouTube, and they'll watch for three hours another kid playing a video game. And so I was thinking, why stop there? Why not have a new YouTube channel where it's watching the kids who are watching the YouTube channel? So basically, you just see the kid holding a phone, watching another kid, and this goes very, very very deep. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. And it's been a a blessing and a treat to be back. And I will catch you all later.